Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the 8020 series. New episodes released every Monday at 8:20 a.m. I'm your host, Jeremy, and I'm Daniel. And on this podcast, we like to break down what we call the 20 factor, the motivation that drives a person to do what they love to do. All right, everybody, welcome back to the best podcast in the world. Today, we have a very, very special guest: the man, the myth, the legend. Honestly. You just do way too much, and I realized <laughs> in our brief combo, all of our research is in vain. So, can you introduce yourself? I'd be curious to see how <laughs> yes, you identify seriously. yourself. I guess they, they like to place the label of serial restaurateur under my name. Uh-huh. Um, I always tell people, I was like, "You guys know I don't even know how to cook, right? <laughs> like, I still don't know how to cook to this day." Um, I I guess I like I don't like to refer to myself as a creative serial entrepreneur <laughs> right right but then i like to do like a lot of the creative side and stay away from anything that deals with financials and and paperwork <laughs> yeah and yeah all the boring stuff i usually steer away from that so i don't know i guess, I guess I, i'm just like a I gotta do the fun stuff i guess yeah. the fun stuff what guy. a life dude <laughs> just doing the fun stuff and doing the fun stuff andy nguyen dude. <laughs> yeah so wait really quick so according to the food network andy nguyen is a mashup king in the food industry could you just walk us through a couple of the projects in the business because like jeremy said we have a list but i'm pretty sure we left out about 50 percent of the businesses you're actually involved in i guess off just top of my head um a lot of people know me the first project we started was after ice cream that was my first food project I'm uh, known for mashing up the ice cream and the donut together. Uh, from there, we've launched projects like Project Poke, where we mm-hmm. did the sushi donut, went sushi super viral. Um, nowadays, I own a place called Matt Black Coffee, Portside Fishco, Donero, <laughs> Hello Kitty Cafe Las Vegas, Seven Leaves Franchise for yep. Las Vegas, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, with my partners. It's, not all, it's definitely not on me, okay? Dang. <laughs> so, I mean, to really break everything down and just get to the root of this, Let's let's just backtrack and go all the way to the very beginning. Okay. Family. Yep. What does family look like? Mom, dad, adopted. Yeah, I got my parents are immigrants uh, from the Vietnam War. Um, my dad was a pilot um, fighting for the South with the U.S. Oh, nice. And um, my mom was married to someone else and had a, a daughter over there, and she was pregnant coming during coming over here during that time period. And so I have two half sisters and my parents didn't even know each other until they got into the U.S. Oh, so what? if the war didn't happen, I pretty much wouldn't even be here. Right. Right. Technically. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. So they landed in two different places. My mom ended up in Minnesota, my dad, um, North Carolina. Um, and then my dad went over to Minnesota, did school and training and then met my mom there and they ended up moving to Orange County. Wow. So they did, did they have you in Orange County or? Yeah, I am uh, born and raised in Orange OC. County. I am OC till, like, till the day I die. Like that, you know, that that's, I am OC'd out <laughs> forever. <laughs> forever. Anyone ask me, L- you're from LA? Nah. No. I'm from the OC. OC. Born and raised forever. Hell yeah. So um, family, your half sisters, did they grow up with you here in OC as well? Uh, my oldest sister, I've actually never lived with her. And so we have this, you know, funny relationship. You know, I see her, you know, every every few times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, my second, my the second sister, she moved in with me when I was in fourth grade. So you know, it's kind of weird having a sister move down and this or this new person coming into your life at, you know, when you're nine, ten years old at the time. Right. Right. Yeah. And 
instilling a lot of rules that are completely different from my parents because my parents were obviously you know Vietnamese culture and my sister brought in this American culture and and teaching me manners and mm-hmm. yelling at me all the time and saying, you're doing this all wrong blah, blah blah and I was like what the fuck's going on yeah and yeah. I do have a younger sister as well so there's four of us oh there's four so, yeah, so you're the only brother yeah I'm the only boy in the the boy oh, in the family yeah dang so where did the entrepreneurial spirit come from like the entrepreneur spirit it's, it's an interesting one because I never felt I never I never thought about entrepreneurship that in that way. I never <laughs> really I was never really driven by money to do anything. I was you know driven if it was it was in terms of getting things like I tried to you know save up to buy sneakers or right. or impress girls or go partying <laughs> with my friends or doing you know whatnot. What um, and my friends, um, which Daniel knows as well, his name is Polo. He's like my best friend that I've, I've known since junior high school. Mm-hmm. He happened to drop out of um, college early. He went to community college. He went for like six months and he's like, I'm done. Like, what the <laughs> serious? Yeah. You're crazy, dude. Like, you're done. And he ended up going to the field of real estate uh-huh. uh, as an appraiser. And he worked for this like really young guy. And the young guy was like pulling up in Range Rovers and yeah. G-Wags. And they were like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, we can we can learn how to do this too. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, we, yeah. Maybe you can do this. He's like, yeah, we can start our own company. I was like, what? That's not possible. Like 20 years ago, that, that was we did not see anybody our age group have their own companies. Like now, right. nowadays you see like, you know, 16-year-old kids are Amazon pros or whatever. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Like, e-com money. But mm-hmm. back then that was not possible. Like you did not know anybody yeah. 18, 19 years old. What? Like stunted, and this guy I was like, he's like, we can do this. I was like, I guess, dude. I'm not doing that great in school, anyways. Uh-huh. And if you say so, let's just do it. <laughs> so I just ran because I wanted to work with my friends and hang out. Wait, so that that was like your thought process? Like you just did not like school, and you knew like, yeah, I was like, this- you know, I was on probation already at Damn. community college. Like, I was like sucking. I was like, yeah, bottom yeah. of bottom. You're in community college, and you're on probation already. <laughs> that shit is not looking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Well, like, what about your parents? So, like, when you made that decision, like, were you subconsciously thinking about them, or was this? Oh, just like, I, this is I, all I straight lied to them. I lied to them and told them I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do both at the same time. I'm gonna go to school and I'm gonna take my real estate classes, and, and you know, I'm gonna learn this and build my company." And they're like, "Okay, as long as you still go to class, you still go to school, <laughs> right?" Right. And eventually, you know, slowly, slowly, they're like, "Wait, wait, why is he not? He's not taking his anymore? backpack. What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> where's he going? Like, he's not even yeah going. Do you, have, do you even have classes anymore? Yeah." yeah. Damn. So you actually did end up dropping out then, right? I did. I, did. I dropped out during my second year of, of college. Okay, got it. And then after you did the whole real estate thing, I know a little bit just because, I mean, for the listeners who don't know, uh, in the Randall podcast, I said, you know, Lift It was a reason, the inspiration behind Winners Collective, but the inspiration behind me wanting to do a clothing brand actually came from Andy and his business partner, Polo. Because at the time when I was in middle school, high school, there's a brand called I'm King, which we can go into that was essentially that was like the fear of God for me. You know, I know for a lot of you guys, uh, the older heads, Jonas Pavacqua, the LRG culture was the one that inspired you. For me, it was like the I'm King culture, Diamond Supply, Orisu, all of that stuff. And I just wanted to let the listeners know this man right here and his business partner, Polo, it's because of them. So so thank you well, thank for you, that. Man. You know, Thank you. No, it's an honor to even hear the name fear of God in the same realm for you. So. <laughs> That's yeah. a definitely a compliment. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that because I, I know in your uh, social media, you said the real estate appraisal wasn't really something you wanted to do. So you kind of pivot into fashion after that. Yeah. I was always more, of, you know, me and Polo, were, we were the kids that spent <laughs> all our money. You know, Polo's the reason I became a sneakerhead because I started understanding about sneakers and I was like, the hell, like how yeah. you're like, you're the only eighth kid, eighth grade 
kid in school wearing Jordans. Like, yeah, yeah. like yeah. no, this is what we saw on TV, but we never saw anyone actually wearing it. And right. He's, he's pulling up. I was like, all right, this is sick, dude. And <laughs> everyone's propping. I was like, this is the culture I want to be involved in. So yeah, we always spent all our money, you know, buying clothes, shoplifting, do whatever it took to get what we wanted. And then, um, real estate, I was never, I was never into it at that time. You know, real estate appraising is going to determine the value of someone's home. I was like, what yeah. the fuck? I'm 18 years old. I don't yeah. even own my own home. Like, <laughs> I don't even care. Like, tech, I don't even care at that point. I'm just doing work just to do work. But right. then, you know, I learned that process. I learned a lot about structure and building a, uh, building a company and working with my friends. And we were still, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old at the time mm-hmm. doing real estate. It's not, you know, it's not that glamorous as everyone thinks. Yeah. And I was like, I got to do something else that I like. And, um, you know, one of my friends had his own clothing brand, which is the founder of uh, Arisu at the Arisu, time. Yeah. Um, I tried to become a partner in it and yeah. he told me no. And I was like, pretty much like, hey, go, hey fuck you. Then I'm going to start my own brand. I go, I went back to Polo. I was like, hey, you yeah. know what? Let's take, let's take the money we had and let's just start our own clothing brand because this industry is, you know, the real estate industry is about to crash anyway. We could see mm-hmm. things changing, the regulations changing, and then yeah, the, right. recession, the recession hit in 2008 and 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are like, okay, let's just, let's just, We'll keep it going until, until we, you know, until it's out. So we'll just start this clothing thing. We'll, we'll do everything in the same office. So we're doing the real estate and the clothing thing at the same time. Oh, wow. Uh, but eventually there's so much, you know, so much things happening with the recession that we just pulled away from that and just focused on clothing because we started seeing more success in that industry. So when you jumped into the clothing industry, like, did you have like a, a plan of attack? Like, did you know there's a certain skill asset you needed to make this whole brand work or was it like trial and error or how did that happen we tried to follow the blueprint of what arisu was doing just because those are the guys that i was working i was i was helping in the office we were sharing an office at the time he was doing the arisu thing and we had a real estate thing at the time Mm -hmm. and every day i was watching i was like okay well this is what he's doing this is how you develop a line sheet this is how you develop a collection this is how you do wholesale to stores because most people would go and try to sell out their trunk of their car at some event exactly and we're like well that's not legit you don't look you don't look you don't look right so we would never do that okay we're going to do that route we're going to go if we're not seen in a store then we're not selling to you we want to make sure that you see our brand we're seen in the right light right um and so that's how we approached it and trial and error like you said we a lot of a lot of people saying no until we started getting better and building a better brand and understanding more about ourselves even our identity took us years to develop our identity we didn't really know who we were we're just trying to develop the hottest shit at the time yeah let's just do dope pieces but over time, we're like, okay, well, we need to do collections. We need to have theme to it. You know, we need to make sure that we we do things on 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 a schedule because right. back then you had to de- design almost a year in advance or more yeah. in yeah. order to keep up with uh, what's going on because you have to ship out the store. It takes months. Right. Um, so st- again, structure, um, being early twenties, uh, working with a bunch of kids. You mm-hmm. know, like, but some of my guys working for me were barely older than me, and the right. rest were like right out of high school. Dang. So this clothing brand is is called I'm King, right? This is the one we're talking about. Okay, so for for I'm King, that started in 2006, and you started working on it, you started scaling on it, and it, it looks like you've ended it at 2014. How did you know like it was time to dip out? Um, we went through a lot of different things. We went through five years of doing it by ourselves, and then you know we got approached by people trying to buy out the company or invest wow. into it. Mm-hmm. So we had a big, two big investors, but then when we started working with the investors, we saw that everything that they pretty much glamorized and told us that they were going to do, they made our brand worse. Like they were missing <laughs> no. our deliveries. No, yeah. None of our samples are coming in time. I was like, yo, you just sent me 
tank tops in the winter. Like, what right. the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Yeah, you know, like, yeah. how are you supposed to sell this? You can't. You're, just, yeah. you're setting me up. We're set up for failure. Um, and then in that same time period was when I started developing, you know, Afters ice cream. And once I launched Afters, it took off literally right away. And yeah. we didn't know. You know, you'd never seen anything like that. You know, we didn't yeah. know. We we're just. Our goal is to do this for fun, for the ice cream mm-hmm. thing for fun, and let it gradually grow and right. then work from there. But right out of the gate, it was like lying down the block. I was like, yeah. yo, this is this is not normal. How do we how do I do both? Right. I gotta make a decision soon. We talked about the guys, the guys like you gotta you gotta figure out what you wanna do. Do you wanna pursue this or do you want you wanna juggle half? I was like, you know what? I think it's time. Mm-hmm. So we sold, you know, we sold the company, uh the clothing company about a year later and I just went balls deep into the food industry dang okay before we talk about afters how much did you sell the clothing company for <laughs> good amount can't good say amount. off the record yeah. um we sold it for a good amount so a good amount i think they, they the people that have it still own it mm-hmm. but they haven't released anything yeah what since. what are they doing they're trying to figure it out so. yeah gotcha well i guess one thing i will say that i want to bring up and talk to you about too andy is the team of i'm king it's it was a group of extraordinary, talented individuals. Obviously, I know because I was following the brand. Could you just kind of like touch a little bit about that? Because it's crazy. If you look at every single one of them now, they're all fucking killing it in their own respective industries. Like I'm talking about like killing it. Like they're all fucking crushing it. Like we see Andy, we see Polo, but you have other people who are crushing it in like clothing or, you know, media, photography, all that stuff. And so what I wanted to ask you was, how are you able to get that many talented friends for a business idea concept and what happened you know essentially we're like we always i like to refer to it like when okc had you know oklahoma thunder had westbrook james harden and and kevin durant (laughs) all the same team so you have all these mvps that don't they're still young don't know how to play together yet still trying to figure it out um a lot of egos personalities you're 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 technically you're all still kids at the same time right right right. and you have all this pressure on you Mm mm-hmm that's pretty much what happened. We have all these bunch of superstars that we didn't really understand our talent and our skill. And we were thrown into this industry mm-hmm. of dealing with these, a lot of older gentlemen, like guys, like you're doing a lot of Jews that they own, they run the garment industry right. you know, at that time they were. And we're all these new young Asian kids. You're like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't really make sense. Yeah. Um, but we all blossomed, everyone blossomed along the way until their own, you know, found their own identity. So yeah. you got Chris and Lee, who were my, worked as our sales guys under our team, became yeah. the leverage and everyone. Oh, you know, Chris the leverage. Yeah. And wow. Them. And, you know, those are guys in my office. And Chris was, at the time was like the oldest guy in the office. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so he's like this big brother and it's crazy to see where he's taken it and where he's grown. You know, he's a multi-million dollar business with a number of clothing brands under his umbrella and mm-hmm. everyone wants to work with him because he knows He's like the top dog in the the streetwear yeah. industry right now. Yeah. Can you um, run through everyone else on that dream team too? Yeah, I got uh, Marilyn, who uh, was a designer under our team, and she became a huge photographer. You know, um, mm-hmm. she shoots for everyone. She works under. She's like Skrillex's right hand person on our team. Um, got Brian, who was our amazing in house photographer and creative director of the of I'm King, and he is shooting for. Every everyone, all high end brands, Nike, blah blah blah. Any, yeah. if you look through the list, you're like, this guy, his photos are incredible. Like, I think he's a big reason why we 
painted the picture of the brand the way it was was because because of him and i think he was way ahead of his game too yeah way ahead of his game um and the list goes on other guys that are we have like david allen right now who started as an intern and now he owns an agency of himself he owns his own clothing store in virginia i was like how, yeah. how do you have a store in virginia <laughs> he's doing he's chilling over there too yeah. uh matagi has his own agency as well he mm-hmm. you know he was a marketing guy under our umbrella but uh lineup is uh lineup is pretty crazy on, on who's been through um the brand how did you find these people like you just like go on craigslist and look at <laughs> no, the talent or were these all friends friends, all friends yeah. of friends and, and you know we all hung out with each other in one way or another like matagi we met him because because you know his he's like all the samoans know each other yeah. and I, I, knew, <laughs> I knew his cousin and he bought he played ball with polo and then chris and me were sneaker you know me and chris were you know we knew each other i used to buy sneakers from chris yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he he became a he worked in as a loan officer and I was doing the appraisals for him. Mm. So we kind of like worked off each other in multiple yeah. ways. And that's crazy. he ended up becoming a clothing in the clothing industry as a sales guy. And he wanted to look for another brand and jumped under I'm um, King. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, dude. To just see like how everyone started in this one hub and then just like expanded and everyone's yeah. crushing it. It's, everywhere. All, it's, it's all, a lot of the industry guy in the streetwear industry guys are always like, the fuck? Yeah. what's up with your team, dude? Like, I was really like, <laughs> it's stacked. It was stacked. It was stacked. But we, we always felt like we were, we 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 always worked like we had a chip on our so- shoulder, and I think that was a lot of the reason why we've grown so much. Like we kind of, we always kind of felt like we were left out, like the outsiders of the industry as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know those guys, a lot of those guys didn't even pay, you know give us any attention at the time until after they saw everything else we did after. Yeah. You know? And right. now we're like homies with all these guys. Yeah. We're like, yeah, you guys are dicks to us before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So if you could go back in time and give yourself advice and polo advice at the time of i'm king what would you tell yourself just let things run the way they were because if we change anything we wouldn't be in the position we are now you know I mean? right and all those trials and tribulations and lessons that we went through are what built us to where we are now because if we didn't go through that anything that was different maybe we're if we got way too successful then or we still did the clothing brand then would i even be in food or would i be doing what i do now would i just have one brand instead of having multiple brands like it could be different maybe right. better maybe worse i don't know but i'm in such a interesting space right now that's like i'm not gonna change anything because yeah. most yeah. people don't get to do what i get to do anyways i get i live like multiple lives already right, right? right. literally i lived this real estate suit suit and tie yeah. type of life to <laughs> yeah. streetwear and then now I'm this restaurant guy that doesn't know how to cook. So. <laughs> yeah, you literally couldn't identify yourself at the start of the podcast. We were like, what? And I mean, to jump into all of these other topics. So while you were doing I'm King, you said you started afters as well, mm-hmm. right? How, how? Why? Like, what was the purpose of doing food? Like, that's a huge, everyone knows food is like a whole industry on its own. So how did you make that leap? Yeah. So if you were a big I'm King follower back then, you knew that we blogging was like the hottest thing. If you didn't blog, you didn't have a brand, right? If you didn't blog, it's <laughs> yeah. just like everyone posts on social media now, but yeah. everything was before was on WordPress and you're you're posting about your stories or what you're doing every day. And we were sharing pretty much everything. We, we had to develop content. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, hey, well, where are we going to eat for lunch today? Yeah, Let's develop these you know, stories around food and culture around the area. We'll, we'll showcase the stories of, of the success of our brands. Um, we'll develop personalities for each of the members that we talk about. So everyone became ca- their own characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and food just happened to kept, kept being a topic, like where we're going to eat today. Right. And people would, re- would email me like, yo, that place you recommended, uh-huh. amazing. Like, thank you for sending me that. If I, oh, and then somebody will go, if I went to New York, can you send me your top five <laughs> list? I was like, all right, well, these are the places. 
And as I kept traveling, I kept you know seeing also a lot of interesting places too. And ice cream was, you know, you have Thrifty, you had Baskin Robbins, Cold Stone, your right. typical brands at the time. And no one in Orange County was doing anything innovative in the dessert space. So I had the idea in my head for a long time. I pitched it and everyone kind of kept laughing at me and I was like giving it away to I was like, yeah, I don't have time to do this, but if you, I think you should do this ice cream concept. Like you'll kill it. And my friend's yeah. like, yeah, whatever. Okay. I was like, all right, I uh-huh. guess not. And you know, after two years, I was like, all right, I think it's, you know, me and my buddies were like, let's, let's pull the trigger. Let's, let's, let's make this work. Yeah. And we went to go find a space and in Fountain Valley, the space was a former ice cream store. It used to be called Lola's Ice Cream and Deli. Mm-hmm. It was connected to a pickup sticks. Then we ended up, you know, taking about six months to negotiate this deal out. And we were trying to buy the guy out originally and yeah. take over the location. But the guy was like, I don't, I don't want to leave. And yeah. he's like the 60 something year old white dude. And he's like, <laughs> I still want to make ice cream. Yeah, we're like, yeah. well, we don't know how to make ice cream. So <laughs> let's figure this out. You yeah. make the ice cream and we'll tell you what flavors we like and we'll do the rest. You know, go there and start you know, throwing out all his furniture and chairs and we start painting the store black. And he's like, the fuck is yeah. any ice cream at a black store? Like, doesn't make, <laughs> like you know, putting all these quotes on the wall. Like Gucci man loves ice cream. Yeah. He's like, what, you know, afters. And he's like, what, what's going on? Yeah. And along the way, we, we knew ice cream itself wouldn't be what takes us, you know, over the the hill, where we were paying attention to, like there's this guys doing the kogi truck, which was like the Korean oh, tacos yeah. at the time, yeah. and then there's a chef in New York named Dominique Ansel who was doing the cronut, and no mm. one was talking about food news. And once the cronut hit, food news went crazy, like mashup of food news went nuts. Right after that was the ramen burger. Mm. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. 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 And when the ramen burger hit, we're like, we have to strike right now. We have to do it right now. No one's doing anything on the West Coast. We are gonna be those guys. And luckily we're not we're not we're not chefs. We're like like kids of culture. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we're gonna apply our lifestyle into this and just see what happens. So we hit and right out the gate it was like lines, lines, yeah. lines. And and you know, in streetwear I see that all the time. Like during every you know, we have a new drop, you see that. But this is like every day. Right, right. And I was like, it was like, is this normal? Like why are like whether it was rain, rainish there, you know, they had umbrellas out lined up, yeah. lined up down the block. I was like, "What? Is this real?" Like, and everyone's asking me, "Like, how'd you do it?" I was like, "I don't know. I just, I just did what I knew in streetwear and right. applying it to, to food, and just happened to click." That's crazy. But no one was doing it. Yeah. So if we could break that down even further, because I like I have a general idea of how afters like formulated because i saw like you know at one point you you had the food trucks you had the locations and there were the lines there but like what did you do on the back end to like make all of that happen now that it's all said and done yeah um the back end a lot of it was we had to develop certain processes to make it you know to make things work mm-hmm. um flavor flavor profiles were super important right we're introducing like milk and cereal vietnamese coffee things um, jasmine milk tea and these are flavors you've never seen ice cream before right. and when we were developing them they all came out in the same color it's all this vanilla color <laughs> yeah. and I was like it's like John does, does that the color it comes out at <laughs> he's like yeah like, I was like okay well make that one that's cookie monster called cookie monster we're yeah. making that blue right right he's like no one's gonna eat blue ice cream he's like you gotta make that blue and then I was like jasmine milk tea I know jasmine sounds like soft like girl let's, let's make that lavender yeah yeah and he's like what He's so confused, huh? Yeah, and I was like, okay, we need to color these things because it needs to be good in camera. And right. He didn't get it. He's like, it has to be good in camera. I come from clothing. Everything looks yeah. good on camera. We had posted about it on Instagram. Right. And he didn't get it, but he did it. 
the first week though that we opened during soft opening, he he he, he pretended to not make the ice cream. He's like he pretended to forget to make oh the ice cream blue. Oh my gosh! Because he didn't think anyone would buy it. Yeah, right? yeah. I was like John, you have to make it blue. He's like, man, I feel weird about making it blue. I'm like trust me, just make it blue. Yeah. It'll work. Next thing you know, that flavor to this day sells 10x more than any of the flavor behind So after that, you know, he's, he's obviously like, I'm, I'm gonna, listening I'm to Andy. <laughs> I'm not questioning you on any of this ice yeah. cream, this stuff. Just, just do what you do. Wow. He's making sure it's always so, blue. Yeah, the process of, you know, like having, you know, bringing personality throughout the flavors, you know, having fun names for it, things are, that are relatable. Um, if you see a lot of these other brands come out there, these new brands are doing like artisanal flavors. Like I've seen like tomato and jam and I was like, the fuck, I don't want tomato and yeah. jam ice cream or, you know, salted, you know, like, like pear and blue cheese, yeah. which is it's cool. I get you like artisanal, you yeah, like yeah. the high end stuff, but we don't relate to that, right? The right. everyday person doesn't relate to that. They go, okay, milk and, I like, I like leaving my cereal and milk and drinking that flavor. I understand what that is. Right. I like drinking boba, make, you know, I, I do that. I go to Trader Joe's, I see cookie butter. I'm gonna turn that into a flavor. Yeah. These are relatable, and then I'm, we're bringing personality into it, and I think that started connecting with people. Mm. Um, and the donut thing was, you know, that was another another monster in itself because no one was doing that. We're, you know, we're we discovered this machine, and we tried different different things out methods out of it, and then we all agreed like, hey, that the donut was the one. Let's let's try this out, and it blew up. Yeah. How did you just make that connection to put the donut with the ice cream? Because e- even if you like get that ice cream from afters, like sometimes it it just melts really fast because the donut's super fresh, it's hot, and but the flavors work. Like, how, what was that thought process to like? Yeah, well, this is gonna do it. What was the, the thought of the the peanut butter and you know, peanut butter and jelly? Uh, the 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 um jelly the jelly donut. You know, it's like mm-hmm. taking out the jelly. Right. And let's see what happens if we put ice cream in in between it. And luckily, the machine that we work with keeps, you know, seals it on the outside yeah. and keeps the hot and cold, keeps the cold on the inside. Mm-hmm. It does. So once we yeah. figured that out, we're like, okay, we got something that's completely different. You get hot and cold at the same time. You can add textures in there with the toppings, and you're just hitting, you're hitting so many different, yeah, points in food, right? That once you taste it, it hits your tongue. You're like, poof! What, what did I just put in my mouth? Like, yeah. This is crazy. Um, and we, we knew right there. I was like, this is game over. Like, Dang. Damn. We're not game over in terms of like, you know, we're, we're killed it. Like, right, right. We, like we didn't know to be like that. Out. We're like, oh, yeah. this is people are going to love it. Right. We didn't know it's going to be like, oh, shit. What? There's three hour, six hour lines. What's, what is this? Like, yeah. We didn't think that was going to happen. There's no, you know, no way. Yeah. So, how did that feel? Because I know you were not new to people following your brand. Because I know with I'm King, you guys did the warehouse sales and you had people camp out. I actually camped out too a couple times for it. And so, it's not like you were new to people appreciating your brand supporting you but it sounds like things like afters ice cream uh, the sushi donut it was a new level of like viral sensation that you guys experienced so could you just like walk us through like what does it feel like to create something and have so many people fucking appreciate it <laughs> that feeling definitely never gets old mm-hmm. um you get a it, it feels nice because you're finally on that fence where like you know here a lot of people say like Oh, I could have done that. Or I right. had that idea in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to be on that side. I was like, I fucking did it. You know, like yeah. we fucking did this, and and people love it, and it's amazing, and it's just like it's just an, a you can't recreate that feeling, right? Um, so we're always chasing. We're always chasing it, of course. You know, that's our, our high. We get excited off that stuff. And then, you know, that's why we create these business experiences. We want mm-hmm. to see people's reactions. We want to make them feel good. We want them something that lasts a lifetime. The moment that they can't recapture. So on that same note, I mean, like in social media too, like I get excited and I get that high. I think it's a similar high when I'm 
post a piece of content that goes viral, right? So for your business, you've got these like three hour lines waiting for your ice cream and everything from that back end. Like what's the next step for you guys? Like, what are you picturing? Like, how do you sustain that? And what's the next move? In that moment, let's, I guess we use the first afters as an example, right? Mm -hmm. Three months in still lines, right? We're like, okay, I guess something we did, it's working, right? It's not Mm -hmm. just, it's not just a fad. It's not just hype. But then you have people that come up to you that know you, like think they know you, and they're like, "This is all hype. It's not, <laughs> not going to last another three months, and that's it." Uh-huh. I was like, "Okay, well, fuck, I didn't know it was going to be like this, anyways." Yeah, right? yeah. dick. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, we didn't know it was going to be like this, but it, it is what it is. Like, you know. And then we're like, "Okay, well, let's start." I guess we'll look for a lot of locations, see what happens. Yeah. And we stumbled upon an opportunity in Chino Hills, and the store was going to cost us like maybe less than 30 grand to flip it. Mm. And we're like, okay, this is not going to be, the risk is not that bad. Let's try it out. It doesn't work. Well, hey, we tried our best. Right, right. You know, we know this doesn't work. It just maybe works in our hometown because we need to be amazing <laughs> in OC. But yeah. if we get out OC, we're going to Chino Hills, which I never went to, I've maybe been to once in my life before <laughs> that. And let's see what happens. Yeah. And, you know, that store we built out, we spent more time. We made it look a lot, you know, I think I think we made it a lot look a lot cooler. Mm-hmm. And a few days before I was going there and the whole plaza was dead. I was like, shit, guys. Oh, damn. I was calling the guys. I was like, yo, I don't, I think we fucked up, dude. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's here. Like nobody's yeah. here. Uh-huh. So this place got killed from the recession and just never picked back up. And I was like, I don't know if we can get people to come to this plaza. Like, yeah. who yeah. the hell do we know in, in the Inland Empire to come <laughs> support us, right? Yeah. And then, Boom. We open and this store outperformed store number one. And That's it's been our, like number one, number one store for it stayed there for like years after that. And I was like, all of us were just what? floored. We're like, what? How did it even outperform our yeah. hometown store? You know? Yeah. So from there, and the lines are just even crazier there for a long time. So we're like, okay, we got we got something now, right? We're mm-hmm. We're like these. We're like rappers in this industry. Now. We're all looking at us like rappers now. Like, and we're like, okay, we're on the stage. Everyone's looking at us like, what the? F-? Like, oh, this is crazy. And so yeah. then from there, Coachella hits, and we open more stores, and it keeps going. We're like, yeah, it snowballed into the twenty, you know, seven locations that it is now. Wow, that's crazy. Dang, I I think you guys have locations outside of the state too, right? Yeah, we opened our first location in Las Vegas. Mm. what what was like the signifying or what was the tipping point that gave you the confidence to like we can do this now into vegas yeah into vegas that was you know it, it was time you know we wanted to go somewhere that could set our brand on on, on a grand stage and mm-hmm. you know vegas everyone's there all we go there all the time it's like yeah. our second home <laughs> i have other businesses there too yeah and the virgin the virgin hotel was they're redesigning their hotel and I love the Virgin brand because I've done, you know, what they did with airplanes and, you know, stuff in the past. I was like, yeah, we, you know, let, let's, let's try this out. And the team loved the idea. And we're like, let's, let's, let's sign it. Yeah. So uh, during this whole time, you've been saying we and the team and, and that, like, uh, when you say that, are you talking about your partners or employees? Like, what, who do you have working with you and who do you have under you right now? I deal mostly a lot of my partners. I don't deal too much with the staff these days. It's just told me, you know, if you put all the brands together with staff, you're in the hundreds, uh, mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of staff members that 
I know if I walk in store, they probably don't even know who the hell I am. It's <laughs> just yeah, how, yeah. You know, there's, there's so many layers to us now. So, you know, yeah. just, it's we as a whole company, of course, but, you know, we as a, if I if I'm communicating, it's usually my partners and I have different partners with different brands. Gotcha. Who like what would you say your role is within these companies? Because I know I got this like list of, in front of me and you can see <laughs> we found all the companies here. Like you've got Poke, you've got a burger, you've got literally all of these things and you even have like a, a marketing consultant companies that like what's your role in all of this what I, I guess i like to be the vision going forward of what we do with the brands like mm-hmm. i usually i'm usually on top of like what's about to pop right i'm like hey yo you need to watch for that industry that thing's about to take off right now like it's like, it's like mm-hmm. crypto right right it's like yeah. i'm jumping into <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. this um, <laughs> nft phase that we talked about earlier yeah, like crypto yeah. punks or board ape like right right you know, if you're i guess because i'm a I'm a streetwear, a streetwear kid, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm always like paying attention to what's what's about to pop because you're always learning about trends, what's mm-hmm. what's hot. You never want to fall behind. Yeah. So I'm always on top of every, pretty much everything. I was like, I know what's going on. I know what's about to pop. Keep your eyes on this. And I'm always traveling, trying new things. So I guess you could call me the visionary, like creative director of the brands. Right? Gotcha. I'm like planning on anything that deals with like, I like that. new items yeah. that we roll out, marketing campaigns, brand partnerships, new locations, Working with like private equity, VCs, like any of that stuff, like raising money, talking like that's that's usually what I deal with. Anything right. that deals with like, hey, let's go through, let's dig through these, P- <laughs> let's go through these PLs, yeah. or yeah. or let's go through, let's let's sit operations. here and go through operations yeah. and paperwork. Then I was like, bye guys, I don't, <laughs> don't even anything that goes behind the, like that that over there, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Right, like, right. I'll be honest, like you ask me go in there and cook cook a piece of chicken. Now we're fucked. Like, hey guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're we're closing the store down today, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy. So when you said you're kind of like the the creative genius uh, behind a lot of these brands. What would you say contributes to that? Because it sounds like you're a very curious person. It sounds like you gain a lot of these inspirations, not just from fashion, but traveling. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the food ideas you had, it came from other things you saw. And so for anybody who wants to be the next Andy Nguyen, because we've heard that before from, from other people too. <laughs> you know, there's there's you a lot of people. Right, right. Which is what, you know, like, but let's just say, right. Cause it seems like creativity is not something you can necessarily get really quick. Right. It's like a development over time. And so for anybody who's like younger, trying to dive into various industries, what's kind of like an advice that you would give them? Just go out and get experience. Life experience is what you get, you know, sharpens your, your, your brain and your mind. Right. Like I, travel so much that I'm learning I'm picking things along the way right right I go to as I think one year I went to Disneyland maybe two three times a week so I studied because wow. so I, I was in I was in a in a in a weird situation you know in like a in a bad state of mind that mm-hmm. I needed to shake things off so I went there as you know my release and escape yeah. and I learned so much more about storytelling and I studied mm. the shit out of Walt Disney you know I was yeah. like okay well he's building this he's building stories with these rides it's not just a ride like every time you go there you're like you're picking out something new and there's all these little details that you're learning from and I was like okay well this is what I'm gonna do I want to be like the next the next the new version of what Walt Disney's doing right, right. I want to build like my own theme parks like if I were to build a theme park this is what I would do you yeah. know like I'm, that's that's how my main my mind wow. is working right now because it's like it's possible now yeah. before maybe you know like 10 years like five seven years ago it wasn't but now I'm like, oh, oh I, I, I think I can do this. Like, yeah. give me this opportunity and I'll fuck shit up. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Dang, that's wild. So when you're talking about that genuine curiosity, like, is that like your own curiosity or is that motivated by like an extrinsic factor? Like, for example, like just the need to succeed. I think the factors involve I'm a competitor. 
because I want to always outdo myself, right? Because if it, I fall short, I'm always kicking myself in the ass. Like, yo, yeah, like you could have done better than that, Andy. Like, you need to, you need to step your game up, right? Yeah. Or, and even not 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 just for me, the next, even the next generation, or the or everyone that's that's in the community, right? Because they're looking, they're looking to me and the rest of the guys. Like, hey, this guy is looks like me, and it's possible now, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, like, like, like when you mentioned earlier, like Jonas from LRG, like when I was a kid. A teenager and i saw him i was like yo that guy looks like a rapper mm-hmm. i want to look like that yeah <laughs> yeah because i've never seen any vietnamese guy like that right right and i was like that guy's super cool he's hanging out with kanye west and blah yeah. blah blah I was like that's if i'm gonna be anyone that's that's, that's the guy him. i want to look out <laughs> right i don't want to be the guy in the suit i want right. to be the guy with the 10 gold chains around my neck yeah you know, in a tank yeah. top walking to the club like like that's all i want to do but then i guess for the next generation it's like hey well i'm i got put in that role and Yes, I have, it's like a microscope watching every everything I do. There, you know, there, I'm pretty sure there's a ton of people that are waiting for me to fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, but for myself, it's you know, I'm doing this because I want to outperform and break through the ceiling of what I think I'm capable of, mm-hmm. and inspire the next generation to outperform me. And this is a challenge, right? Like I need to set the bar high so that you guys can come outperform me. You have to, right? If you're gonna talk shit, then step it up let's go i want to i want to see it right so if you if you got to catch up then i'm going to try to step my game up exactly. even harder right until i can't no more until my legs burn out then i'm right. gonna, i'm going to keep trying though yeah so what would you say is your motivation you know like what is the reason for you working so hard every single day grinding and even in the worst times just to keep going uh motivating is that i know this isn't forever i'm not going to live forever right i got a certain time period where I can continue to perform at a high level and while I can still do it and I have the opportunity, why not? Right. I'm doing my job is the, I got to do the funnest things ever. I get yeah. to travel for fun. Right. <laughs> yeah. I got to, I got to go around and play dress up for myself and my kids. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got you know, to be in my, like, these are like my costumes, right? Yeah. I got yeah. to showcase myself in a ton of different ways. I get to create these fun experiences through, through, you know, from your eyes to your taste buds, like I do things that most people don't get to do, and they, a lot mm-hmm. of people maybe they get one chance, right? You get one chance to open, like maybe if that one restaurant. And I'm fortunate to be involved in a lot of different things. I get it. I, my partners are, I got an OG rapper, you know, Bun yeah. B is my partner in the business. I got a super famous artist, Joshua Vides is my partner. Mm-hmm. I get to work with cool people, like my best friends, Polo. Like you know, that's my best friend from eighth grade, and I still yeah. own businesses with them to this day. Like I'm fucking blessed. Like a lot of people get to say they get to do this, and like, why wouldn't I? Damn, that's wild. If if we can move to um, a different topic, a little bit darker. Oh, let's go. Because <laughs> <laughs> like when you're doing all of these businesses and it's very blessing, it's so amazing to see you crush it all. But like, I can't imagine it just being like rainbows and sunshine no, the whole way yeah. through. Yeah, like what are some of the darker moments of business for you? Yeah, a lot of time we're putting out more fires than we are celebrating the successes, <laughs> right? Because mm-hmm. we're going through a lot of different things. We just went through a pandemic in the restaurant industry, yeah. which is getting hit so hard because no one wants to work. Yeah. So right now, you know, things that we deal with every day, like on mid-shift where people are like, hey, the line's too crowded, I'm just quitting, I'm out. Wow, and you're like, what? Um, what do we do now? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not jumping back there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't even cook, remember? <laughs> I, the guy in line has a better chance of making it than I. <laughs> uh, no, we, we, no, we're dealing with, the, I think, partnerships, there's, it's like marriages. Like, you're, 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 you go through, there's so many different situations. I've had so many different partners. I've, I've gone, like, great ones. I've gone through the horror stories. Mm-hmm. Um, legal, like, the legal side of things, lawsuits that you deal with are, like, super nightmare. Um I think people don't understand when you get into these relationships and partnerships with people that 
it literally is a marriage. Like you're, you got to be transparent or you have to understand your role. Mm-hmm. Um, but you deal with a lot of egos get involved, like mm-hmm. theft, stealing, oh, um, greed with share, you know, equity and shares. Like, Hey, you're yeah. not doing enough. You're doing too much or blah, blah, blah. Like it, 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 it happens all the time. I still deal to no matter how many times I do it, I still deal with it again to this day. Right. But I guess for myself, it's like, I'm going to continue to be, I'm going to continue to do things the right way or mm-hmm. I consider the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest, transparent, and I'll let you guys know what I'm capable of, what I'm not going to do. And I'll continue to be kind to everyone. And mm-hmm. if you go out and talk bad about me over time, you're going to, you're going to know I'm mm-hmm. still 20 years later. I'm still going to be here. Right. right? right. Yeah. To still be here because I'm not doing shady shit. Um, my peers, we have a lot a good respect for each other. And that's the best I can do. I just try to Hell yeah. work through it one one day at a time. And if you treat me right, awesome. If you fuck me over, then welcome to the blacklist. Right. <laughs> so so from um from these mishaps, are you open with sharing like one of the stories, like maybe like something that you've learned a really powerful lesson that you kind of like honed in for yourself and continue to practice that? Yeah. Um I think um, you know, I've dealt with a company. I'm I won't put the company out there, mm-hmm. it's fucked up. Um but we had a lot of partners on board and this was like one of the worst, I can't believe I got in the bed with like the worst team ever. <laughs> like so many chiefs on there. We had one guy who was like, he wanted everyone in the store all the time, every day, like saying hi to everyone. I was like, they don't want me in this. No one wants to see me in the store, dude. Like <laughs> you, know, you have to learn how to do everything. I was like, I already did that. You know, I learned that from Matchers, right? I did A yeah. through Z. I don't need to do that anymore. Like that's, that's, that's why I went this with you guys so I could lessen my role and focus what I'm good at because I understand what I need to work on now. Right. And then you had other partners who were one guy who's stealing money. Oh my God. You had another partner who was doing nothing. (laughs) And and then you had other guys who were doing it for social media fame. Yeah. And I was like, fuck dude, how did I, what, what, how did I get you for this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, We ended up giving to the store to one of the guys and just like walking. I was like, you know, it's not worth it. Like you just take it, go ahead. You're going to run the, you're going to run the brand to the ground anyways. (laughs) Surprisingly, he still has one, those three locations. I think we're getting ready to sign third location at the time. He still has one location. So still kept, still, still running. But no one's talking about it. Yeah. yeah. So what was kind of like the lesson you learned from that now? Is it more like vetting uh, your business partners? Yeah, just I think um, making sure that we work with people where we understand. If it's, if it's, You know, I don't have to hang out with you every single day, right? I'm already busy. I don't have to hang out with that person every single day. Like I'm busy as myself. Mm-hmm. Just understanding your role um, and just getting your, getting your shit done, right? Just, yeah. hey, if you're going to do this, take handle your shit, right? Yeah. It, it's Everyone's going to say, hey, if, if things are good, everyone's fine. Right. When things go bad, like what are you gonna do? Are you gonna sit there and just cry about it? Or are you gonna, right. you're gonna everyone's gonna step on, you know, get in there and, and make shit work? Like, hey, this is the strategies we need to come up with, and this is what's gonna, this is what's gonna save our business. Like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the most important thing is keeping the company running, mm-hmm. right? Who cares about personality? That's to me. It's like I don't care if I'm gonna hurt your feelings as long as the business does well. Because right. if we don't take care of the business, it won't take care of us. Right. Yeah, and I think that's a good point because. We appreciate you sharing that because that's a part of entrepreneurship that people don't talk about. And if you talk to a lot of people who are like, oh, I want to be the next business owner. Mm-hmm. That's like the number one thing, at least for myself, I share when people come to me because I'm like, bro, make sure you find the right business partners. Because even for myself, I've done much less businesses than you, but I've also experienced various business partners, you know, and it just happens. There's no fucking avoiding it, you know, because people are different people's uh, pain tolerance is different too and their expectations of certain things are also different and so 
uh, I guess it's reassuring to hear somebody in your position too, letting us know that, hey, you know, even though I'm at this level, it's normal to deal with these types of people, but you just have to take the good with the bad and uh, keep betting and keep keep moving forward. Yeah, it gets you a lot stronger and you understand the game better. You 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 move a lot better going. I still fuck up to this day, but <laughs> <laughs> I definitely move. I'm more aware. You're definitely more aware now. You keep your eyes open. You try your best. You know, you, some people are just really good negotiators or they're, right. or, they're, or they're really good at selling themselves and you mm-hmm. get in bed with them. Yeah. You're like, Damn, dude, this fool is trash. Like <laughs> that intern would have been better than this yeah, guy. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. So but, when you're looking at these people, like, do you have a process or a formula that you do now for vetting? Like, how do you know there, if someone's there's good? There's so many different processes, right? It's like sometimes mm-hmm. it's like when you, when you know you're like, all right, I got this project. I know the perfect person for it, right? And then sometimes people pitch you ideas. Like some people pitch me ideas. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'm down for anything. I'll tell people, I'm like, I'm down as long as it's unique, creative, has mm-hmm. potential to grow and do amazing. I'll, I'll, I'll work with you. But for the most part, 99% of the time, like, I was like, here's the door open and they never follow up. Mm-hmm. I'll say yes. To, I'll say yes to all you guys, but who's going to, who's going to go that extra step to get it done. If you get done, then welcome to the club. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Damn. Damn. So speaking of the club and next projects, like what do you have going on? Cause we tried <laughs> Googling some of the stuff and we thought we were on top of our research. And then just like in that brief combo with you, we were like, this, this is a yeah. different, I won't, I won't spill too much. Cause always the fun, the fun is when just, when just you're going to see it come open and, uh-huh. and come alive. And that's the, a lot of the fun parts. Um, I've got projects we're launching. We're expanding one of our projects to New York. It's my first time going to the East coast with a project. Never done Damn. anything over wow. there. Um, we're working on a, a food project in Torrance that's opening third quarter. Um, working with a huge Asian company on developing a project for the community that's going to be encompass everything. Entertainment, food is just going to be something that's not been done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm super excited about that. Is uh, that going to be here in Orange County? That's the goal, right? That's the goal. So. <laughs> everything so. in OC for the king of OC, dude. <laughs> um, what else we got? we got? We're expanding on a lot of our businesses. Like the one you guys are sitting in right now, Hottie's Chicken, that I only talk yeah. about to the public that we have five locations for here and one in Taiwan. We're expanding more locations in Taiwan over the next year. And I haven't even been to that store to be honest. I haven't even been there. It opened, yeah. it opened during the pandemic and I can't go there. So <laughs> it's open. Yeah. It's actually, the store actually looks way cooler than the one here too. It looks like Damn. super built out, super nice. And I, has, I haven't even got to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And I ask this to Andy every single time I see him. <laughs> I swear I do. But how do you have enough time to do all of this stuff? Because I'm sure our listeners are probably going to be hearing this podcast. They're going to be like, holy shit. Like, I'm struggling to do one business. Andy's yeah. over here doing like hundreds. And, and to top it all off, you've only heard of Andy's businesses, but he has two kids. Like, <laughs> he's actually a father. He's kicking my ass right now. <laughs> I can't, not going to lie. Par- parenting, I think parenting is harder harder than my work. Okay, work the work stuff's easy, right? Damn. The parenting stuff, it's, it's no joke. And that's... I like feel definitely with the with the second one that came, like I feel maxed out. Sometimes I'm like, hey, I don't, I don't. This one's whooping me right now. Um, understanding what I'm, just playing my role, right? Just yeah. hey, this is what I can do. Uh, making sure my partners are aware. Like, hey guys, this is what I'm gonna take on. If you need anything else, find someone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> find somebody else. Right? I'm just gonna do what I, I'm just gonna focus on what I'm good at. Right? Like, there's no point like me stretching myself too thin to try to do things that somebody else would do a better job of anyways. Right. Like if you want me as a partner to help you maximize the company's results then let me do what I do, mm-hmm. right? And then you come in and take care of your job. And if we can't do it, we'll bring someone else in to fill that role. Um, and as a, just time blocks, you know, like, hey, I have, this is my time frame with my kids. And if you need me, it's before 4 p.m. and mm-hmm. after 9 p.m., right? I'll stay Got up it. until 2, 3 in the morning if I have to, to get the job done. If we need to do, I do calls. 
like baby in one hand, like you know, <laughs> rocking my baby in one hand on on, yeah. a, on a Zoom call at ten o'clock at night because everyone's you know not done and like there's the only time we can talk. So in the Zoom call, ten o'clock, if she's crying, I'm like, hang on, just keep talking, guys. I'm on mute. Yeah. Write her notes down, and then when she's down, finish my work until two or three, and then knock out and wake up and do it again. Damn, um, damn. I think time blocks. You know, like stru- being structured is is good. You know, like loose is cool and all, but yeah, yeah. Have, you know, having a system that you, that that works and having rules to a lot what you do, like no rules to what you do. I've seen my friends that are really disciplined in certain things. Like, Hey, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to party only on Fridays, Fridays mm-hmm. and Saturdays. Right. I mm-hmm. don't ask me to party or like, yeah. like I'm not drinking until it gets dark or whatever. Like mm-hmm. they have certain discipline. Like I have to be in the office by six in the morning about it. I have to get everything done by four. It's okay. But from six to four, you better make sure these are the tasks you need to complete. Mm-hmm. So I have gotcha. a list. I have a, like, I, I keep like a checklist. Like my, it's like a game for me. Right. Like if I knock it, if I knock out a checklist, it's my point system. I, you know, Trying to, yeah. I'm trying to win every day. Right. right. <laughs> can, 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 can we dive into that? Like, what does your day look like? What time do you wake up? What do you do throughout the day? And then when do you check out and sleep? Yeah. My, so my schedule is like everywhere. I don't, the reason why we're even in there is because I refuse to work in an office. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't, we have offices. Mm-hmm. I just don't like going, I don't go into it. <laughs> I, have, I think I've worked in an office before where I felt like, okay, everyone's watching you. Yeah. Everyone's judging if you take off. I was like, guys, I'm, most effective when I'm out there, when I'm out right. there shaking hands, meeting new people, working on new deals. Like, let me do that. But if you're going to sit there and judge. And I was like, I can't, like, yeah, you know? right. so now I just don't even stay in the office. Like, do you want me in the office? No, <laughs> you can work in the office. All you, yeah. then just don't tell anyone I'm a partner. Like I'm just right. like an outsider. Then like, let's let yeah. me go do my thing and I'll make sure everyone fucking makes money. Right. Yeah. That's the goal. yeah. Like if I make yeah. you all rich, you're not going to complain. Then. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, my schedule is like, I get up at my daughter's wake up around, Right now, even earlier, six, like six fifty now. Before I was, my other daughters usually on eight o'clock, like seven forty-five, seven thirty. Get them ready, drop them off at daycare, um, hit my emails for like an hour, then go to meetings. Meetings are like anywhere can be here, L.A., mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. different state. Fly out, knock things out. Whether it's working on the current projects, working on new projects, um, fixing the nightmares that are currently going on. Yeah. Um, so a lot of meetings. I'm doing a lot of meetings today. That's like a lot of my schedule. I'm knocking out meetings. Like the weekends are usually like events, grand openings, mm-hmm. new store openings, new collaborations that we're doing. Um, so I'm jumping around a lot. Usually on, I'm usually on a plane pretty often. Dang. So so these meetings, like, um, do they sometimes just stretch the whole day and then like that's it for the day or? Some, sometimes sometimes we you know we have to you know you, you go to a meeting you're with somebody important like yeah. huge that you're like all right. Mm-hmm. I got. He's only in town for a day. I've got to go take him out. He wants. Mm-hmm. He wants to grab a drink. He wants to hang out. You just got to yeah. keep going. Just power yeah. through and knock it out. And I get home and hopefully I get home in time. Put the kids down. And back on the computer, knocking out more tasks. And usually at nighttime is when I do a lot of my like task work, like computer work or notes right. or writing things down, send things out. And in the middle of the day is a lot of the meeting stuff. Gotcha. So what's that ideal structure look like? Like if everything was in your control, what would that look like? Like how would you want that day? be um drop my kids off hopefully try to work out get try to get a workout and that's what yeah. i'm trying to add into my <laughs> schedule and then um answer emails for an hour and go into meeting mode and work on work on things and then nighttime same. i think my schedule is, i like i like my schedule it's, it's it's what i'm used to and my tv is my tv is like my background noise where i do yeah. work and mm. i still i can still know what's going on what's popping and and still get my work done at the same time yeah, well so on top of the kids like do you make time for your wife? <laughs> well, we're, we're now we have a newborn, so there's no, so there's no we're, time. We're stuck in this, 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 this room together. Uh, we, we, you know, we, before the baby came, there, we had more time together. You know, we, so we try to go out and 
we try our best to go out on dates with, with our friends and put the kids in daycare. Yeah. It's hard. Not easy. Really not easy. Yeah, I can try only imagine. Best. I'm trying right now, and it's really hard to find yeah. time. Yeah, for my, wife. my wife is definitely the rock. She is um, the big reason why, obviously, I do what I do and why I'm so structured and disciplined now is because she is she is very – my wife is like – queen of organized right yeah she's not she does not mess around and she she is hard on me too she's a teacher that's awesome and could i just follow up on that i feel like a lot of these entrepreneurs we talk about it in the other podcasts too it's like your significant other is somebody that's going to add that extra motivation and i feel like it's very fortunate if you have somebody who's going to be understanding of your schedule as well because i'm sure you know you're traveling all the time I'm sure you're, like you said, business meetings all the time. And so my question in regards to that is like, is it like your wife and like your future family that's the added motivation that's, you know, pushing you to keep going, providing for them because she was there with you since, you know, the beginning, like all the grind, the struggle and everything? Uh, not just because she was there. I think um, you know, she's seen a lot of it. Obviously, she's been with me for like 10, 10 years now. Right. Um, she understand. She's very understanding of the schedule. Well, not, not all the time. <laughs> we, get, we get in trouble here and there. Um, but since she is so structured and that she works so hard and she doesn't do what she does for money, she doesn't need to work. She definitely, you know, she doesn't need to work, really work. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Technically. Um, but she does it cause she loves it, but she also, she's very hundred she does everything uh, to a T and I'm like, yo, I can't, I can't slack. And if I slack you, you know, she's on my ass. Like, yo, <laughs> yeah. you, need to, you need to, you need to handle your shit. And I was like, okay, well, all right, then I got to step my game up. Um, and also being a good example to our kids too. You know, I think that's super important. Um, just building out this blueprint for them and right. it's up to them to follow what they want to do but you know, we're going to do the best we can and just like I'm trying to lead the next generation I got to lead by example Yeah, mm-hmm. that's beautiful dude So, um, speaking of next generation what do you want to leave behind like in terms of an example like do you have a direction you want to go to or like a, a community that you're extra passionate about yeah I, I, you know, I, I'm, of course Little Saigon Orange County is a big part for me I, I always want to put that on because that's the area that made me who I am, I can't, mm-hmm. can't ever shake that off of me. Anyways, if I if I didn't live here, I wouldn't be the same person. Yeah. Um. So when I worked on the Rodeo, Rodeo Thirty Nine project, that was like a legacy project. Like, hey, mm-hmm. this is I'm doing this for the community. You know, this is this is for you guys. Like, that's the only reason I'm getting involved in it. Because, what else I don't? What else do I need, really need to prove? Right. Um. The next generation, I just want to leave them like, hey, you guys have an opportunity to do even grander things that we've been involved in, right? Mm-hmm. We saw our parents come here with nothing. Yeah. And they said, you better out, you better outperform us, right? Like, if mm-hmm. you don't fucking do better than us, you're, you're a piece of shit. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and my, fa- my parents would be pissed if I was, you know, if yeah. I didn't outperform them yeah. because they came here with nothing. They couldn't even understand the language. Right. Um, and if they did what they did, I have to outperform them. And then this next generation better outperform me because now they're getting, you know, resources they, yeah. they're living they're living in this american culture that we're providing them this web 3.0 lifestyle that they <laughs> are. And if they don't outperform us then we didn't do a good job like you're supposed to leave the world better than you know better than when you came when you were here so right yeah hell yeah so when you're defining success and when you're looking at that we keep saying outperforming you what does that look like like what is going to be the definition of success for that next generation to outperform you i don't know but i gotta see where my ceiling where, where i stop yeah. at first right i'm gonna keep going till till I, I can't like i can't no more right like hey i want to do like i said i want to do like hotels theme parks yeah. i want i want to build those things and once if i do that then you better build out a country or a yeah. state or something like that right you better stop your fucking game up, like, yeah damn but if i don't do it somebody else has to do it right like hey you gotta have that 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 Asian face that's right. that's doing these these larger large deals and 
running things and you know who knows right and to kind of hone in on that you know obviously in today's society asian culture uh how how important is that to you as an entrepreneur right now and is that something that you're constantly thinking about as you're you know creating these deals and yeah things of course like that? I, I think it's a it's a big deal because even for me if in the beginning i remember walking into these offices right and then they would see our partners the white guys like, oh welcome here's water or whatever and they're and right. look at us like what are you what are you doing here yeah yeah like, what the fuck like you think these guys came up with the color ice, the fucking blue <laughs> yeah. ice cream yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. like you know we're looking like you, you serious like yeah, we're part of this like we're right. part of why this this is even here mm -hmm. so you know we, yeah we're trying to change that stigma like yo we're look don't overlook us we're our community is strong we're we're very resilient and we make things happen you know we make things happen we're, we're persevere through a lot of things um and you can under, you see that's why asian you know the success of a lot of the asians are so rapid because mm -hmm. We're, we're so driven, determined, and implement that with this American lifestyle that we got, right. you know, the culture yeah. that we got put in together. Now you got this crazy, you know, this wildfire that we're, that we're doing right now. Yeah. And now you're seeing us in, and we have rec, you know, people that have record, 88 Rising with record labels, you know. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're the faces of, of, of movies, you know, Shang-Chi and then businesses, like the next generation is looking at us. Like I know a lot of people are looking like, hey, if they want to be a, a food entrepreneur, of course, my face is on there. Yep. Viet's face is on there. They're yeah. gonna look at us like, you know, we're leading the way for the next generation. Like, hey, you don't have to, you don't have to cook. You don't have to be yeah. a, a <laughs> chef, right? Or you don't have to come from, you know, a crazy chef background. Look what you can do. Right. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Love so, that. Yeah. To to wrap the podcast up, since we're speaking about trends in the future and all that, what are some trends you can let us in on, or like things <laughs> things that you're like looking at like right now that maybe our listeners may not even have their eyeballs on? I, I'm not looking at. Uh, trends like I always said, you know, I'm dressing like a 19 year old right now. But, <laughs> um, what I what I what I'm I, I I pay attention to a lot right now is I'm paying attention to like exp immersive experiences, right? Because I think that's yeah, everyone talks about. You, a few years ago, you hear retail is dead, retail is dead. That's all you kept hearing. I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. The reason why you're saying retail is dead is because you have this, you know, 400 pound guy in a white guy in a suit <laughs> uh -huh. sitting behind his chair that doesn't understand. He was just trying to sell push you on to buy more stuff from sears like you know we don't fucking shop at sears anymore mm -hmm. you know you have to build if you build out these experiences like people that this is how you're you know, people are falling in love with your brand they're buying into the people behind it the experience that you that, that you set out for them and so i'm just i'm learning about you know visual sounds touch mm -hmm. and i'm trying to implement that into whatever i'm working on because you know i want to change when you walk in the store you need to feel a certain way and different mood or an escape if you go to matt black you go to matt black coffee once you walk in there you're like where the hell am i you know right. yeah am i in the, like a different port what is this and that's what we wanted that's our that's our goal yeah can you describe that coffee shop real briefly for our listeners because we have no visuals right now yeah so so if, if you joshua vides is the artist that uh that i partnered with on that project and josh is like this he does this black and white art that's very like 2d -ish. it looks like a 2d like comic book strip yeah. that you're in mm -hmm. And we turned, we did, we applied that art into a coffee shop. So if you come to this coffee shop, you just, you know, our goal is to make you feel creative, you know, out of this, an out of this box experience. And we happen to serve really good coffee. <laughs> yeah, you know, the coffee is just like the cherry on top, but you come yeah. in here, you're just supposed to feel amazing and it's fun. Yeah. Like at, at a glance too, if you see this on social media, like when you picture a traditional shop, there's like tables there, chairs there and all that. But with this, it's like if you point your camera and someone's sitting there, it feels like 
you're on a, the page of a comic book. Yeah. Like that's literally what it feels like. It doesn't even look real. And I'm just like, you can stand in here. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot cleaning the floors every day. Not easy. <laughs> that's true. It is literally pure white. Yeah. We didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, to wrap the podcast up, any words of wisdom you want to leave for our listeners, for any inspiring entrepreneurs or people like in their jobs that are looking to like get out and find that financial freedom? Yeah, just try it. Whether you're, you're taking an inch to test it out, test out the waters. Like I told everyone, I was like, hey, I didn't just go in balls deep and did. I didn't jump from real estate to clothing to restaurant full in. You know, I did. I still did both. Each each time I jumped, I always had. I made sure I had some backup. I was like, okay, hey, yeah. well, I'm gonna still do the real estate thing because it still makes money. But I'm gonna do the clothing thing. This is what I love. And then when you know when when the clothing thing was starting to change, you know, I started a, my new hobby and turned that and made that a reality. And I was like, okay, well, mm-hmm. this is even crazier than this. Now I can let this go and I can go on to the next one. But some even some points there, it's it's hard, right? Like my clothing thing was my baby. I was like, man, how can how can I stop? This is what this is what people know me for. I don't think yeah. I, at that time I honestly like if if this fucks up, I don't know what else I'm gonna do. I'm screwed. Like, mm-hmm. do I have any other skills? Like, yeah. I only know clothing at this. That's all I knew for seven years. Like that's all I know. And then once the food thing took off, I was like, "Oh, if I if I were to fall on the ground, I'm I got this shit. Like no yeah. one no one can stop me now. I now I know my confidence. I just drove my confidence level up, right? Uh, so just keep trying because you'll get better at it. You'll get more com- once you see a little speck of success success along the way. You're just gonna keep getting better. Yeah. And your confidence level is gonna drive you up. Like me, I, I was like, I'm down. Like I'm down to risk a lot to do new projects. Like fuck it, I'm going I'm going all out. Yeah. And if it does well, great. If it doesn't, well, I'm on to the next one. Yeah. I'm ready. Damn. Yeah. There you have it. Yeah, there you have it. Well, that's going to be it for this one, guys. Oh, what about socials? Socials. Oh, yeah. So, well, I mean, like, what do you want to shout out? Yeah. Or like, <laughs> yeah, if you want to let <laughs> them know your Instagram, yeah. I'm sure yeah, they, they know you. You can but... spell my last name. Good luck. But uh, Andy the Nguyen. Uh, so that's my social along all the... If you look on there, you'll probably see some of my brands on there on the profile. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So Andy didn't win. Like, are, are you on TikTok too? <laughs> I, I'm not dancing on TikTok. No, I, 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 I have a TikTok. I don't use it too much. I don't use it too much. Um, but we have our, our agency that, that runs a lot of TikTok accounts, which we, we do really well in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Happy Hours Group. You can follow that and check it out. Um, Hell yeah. So mainly uh, Twitter, Instagram. I, I, yeah, I, do, I, twit, I Twitter here and there. A Twitter. lot of Instagram. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Facebook. Yeah. You guys may not even realize you might be listening to this podcast sitting in one of Andy's places right now. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you are. Yeah, we are. I hope it's good too. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's good. Yeah. Well, again, man, thank you so much for your time. And yeah. Yeah. Until next time. Yeah. Thank you. Until next time. See you guys. Peace. Later. And on one final note, just wanted to remind everybody that brand new episodes are released every Monday at 8.20 a.m. And while I still have your attention, if you've been enjoying these episodes, I just want to let you know that you can actually support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes. You can go as low as 99 cents for a monthly contribution and all the way up to $9.99. We don't make any money right now, but every little bit helps and we appreciate any and all support. Thank you so much.